go and take your Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter 50. Psalms chapter 50 in your Bible. And uh, I will try to get my nerves under control. I'm like, I'm as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocket chairs. So, but uh, we're doing okay. I've never preached in front of people before, so this is my, no, it's not. It's not my first. I feel like it though, but, uh, but anyway, Psalm chapter 50. <laughs> That's true. All right. It's okay. It's okay. Amen. 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 I got Miss Couture really mad this week, so she's got me a couple of good sermons written out for me, so this should be good, and I'm looking forward to it. So uh, I've already cried and given her an offering for him, so you, you don't have to cry, but if, if it's, it's acceptable. She takes that, so that's okay. But anyway, so let's go ahead and get started here. Psalm chapter 50, and we're going to start in verse number 21 and 22. I have a lot of scripture tonight. Um, it is a Wednesday night Bible study. I love Wednesday night Bible studies. Um, I've heard it, an old country preacher used to say it like this, the Wednesday service is if, if you've ever hung your clothes on a line and it starts to drag in the middle and you got to get one of those broom, broomstick or a pole and you got to hang it up right in the middle. And that's what Wednesday does. It takes your week, you're dragged in the mud, picks you up and gets you set back where you're supposed to be. And so I, I love that. I love Wednesday night Bible studies. Um, a lot of uh, truth is given out on a Wednesday night, and uh, you don't want to miss it. Thank you for being here tonight. Psalm chapter 50, verse number 21, and verse number 22. I'll read these verses here. The Bible says, These things hast thou done, this is God speaking, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such as one as thyself, but I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, all right? I want you just to focus here. God is speaking. He's telling him. He said, look, you think you've been getting away with this evil that you're doing, but I want you to consider this. That's what we're going to focus on today. But let's keep reading verse number 22. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. We're going to talk tonight about the love of God. No, okay. Uh, we're... <laughs> This is, this is God speaking toward evildoers. This is God speaking toward evildoers. And God says this phrase here in verse number 22. He says, now consider this. Now, um, I don't know about you, but growing up, I had two younger brothers. They were always in trouble. I, it wasn't me, but it was my two younger brothers. They were always in trouble. And uh, I don't know about you, but dads have a way. My dad, would he would, he would look me in the eyes. And that bottom jaw, the teeth would come in front of the other teeth like this. And the jaw would be clenched. And he would look at, I don't know if, if, maybe it was a button. And I'm sure we pressed a button that turned it on. But there was fire that would come out of his eyeballs like laser beams. And he would look at us and he'd say, Shun, you better get yourself together. I'm going to rip your head off and spit down your throat. Now, I'm, I, I was born at night. But I do realize I was not born last night. When he says that. This is a matter of life and death. And so I better pay attention to what is he about to tell me because I like my head being attached to my neck, all right? So, but my dad would do that and he would say, listen, I'm going to tell you something and I'm only going to tell you this once. Listen up. This is what God's doing here. This is what he said. He said, I want you to consider this. Why? Or lest I tear you into pieces. Okay, God is meaning business here. This is something that God is telling us. Hey, I want you to consider this. What I'm about to tell you, it's important, I need you to listen. 
And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at this. I, I love studying phrases and words in the Bible. I love it because the Bible's full of words, okay, if you didn't know that or not. Um, but the Bible's full of words. The Bible's full of phrases, some beautiful phrases um, that if you did a little studying, a little digging, you can find some amazing truths from God's Word. And so we're going to look, the title of my message tonight is Now Consider This. Now Consider This. And we're going to take our Bibles and we're going to look at some different times that God tells us to consider something or to look into something. Again, if you just picture, if this helps you out, picturing my dad with his teeth in front of his other teeth and each fitting that, just picture that because God is trying to tell us something that he wants us to listen to. God is trying to, God gave us the Bible so that we don't walk around um, on eggshells. Uh, I, I heard a joke today and I, I just got to say it. Let's get, get it out of the air. Here we go. Um, but I, I was gonna, I was gonna tell my wife, I was nervous about telling my wife to clean up after breakfast, and I was just real nervous to talk to her about it, and I feel like I've been walking on eggshells all day. Um, anyway, alright, never mind, never mind, okay, okay, that's okay. Anyway, so, so we're, we're talking about God here, and God wants us to consider some things. So let's look at what the Bible says about what are some things that we should consider. I'm going to read a couple of them to you. But let me give you the de definition here. The word consider means to fix the mind on. If you will, to get a hold of. Okay, that we don't use that hold anymore. That's an old southern word. But to get a hold of something uh, is to fix your mind on something. To, the, um, uh, to view in a careful examination. To think upon with care. To ponder. To really sit down and think about something. That is what consider means. And so let's look at some considers here in the Bible. Um, there are some things that God wants us to see in the Bible and to consider through the Bible. We're not going to cover all of them. There are several considers in the Bible. We're only going to look at three big ones. Um, but there are some other ones that God wants us to consider. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 32.7, it says, Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations. God says, I want you to consider the past generations. I want you to consider where you came from. Uh, that, that's a phrase that, that parents like to, to throw around. Boy, do you know where you came from? All right, that's, that means, hey, you better snap up. You better get uh, pay attention because uh, you're in trouble. Um, but, but this is what God tells us. He wants us to consider our past. He wants us to consider those past generations. Um, uh, to think about those people that have sacrificed their lives for us to hold the Bible. Those people that have, have given their, their everything so that we can have the salvation. So that we can have the, the gospel freely preached here in a, in a place called America. This America is not supposed to happen. This is an experiment about how a country uh, based on biblical principles can operate. And we are, we are veering away from that, sadly. But we can look back to our forefathers and consider the sacrifice that they gave for us. To be able to go across the street and tell somebody about Jesus. To be able to have a meeting and not have to have, have a license or a commission from the, the state. We can have these freedoms because of the past generations. God wants us to think about those things. Some other things God wants us to think about. Uh, he wants us to think about Him when, when, he's, when we're being chastened. When we're being corrected. Uh, when we're brought behind the woodshed and paddled. God wants us to think about those times. The Bible says this, Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. God says, hey, I want you to consider. I don't just chasten you because I have nothing else to do. 
There's a reason behind it. I want you to stop. I want you to think. I want you to get a hold of what I'm trying to teach you. Um, some other things God wants us to consider. He wants us to consider the house of the wicked. The house of the wicked. The Bible says in Proverbs 21.12, The righteous man wisely considereth the house of the wicked. That means you don't go in there to look at it, but you look at it from afar and realize that is sin. That is wickedness. My dad would take us in South Dallas, and he would drive us to South Dallas. I'm used to a lapel mic. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll just I'll stay here. All right. Um, but, uh, but my dad would take us to South Dallas, downtown South Dallas, on a Friday, Saturday night. And he would show us the heartache. He would show us the people that were laying in the streets. He would show us the accidents that were happening because people were drunk driving. He would show us the, the, the wicked, if you will. And he wanted us to say, hey, I don't want to go anywhere near that. That is considering the house of the wicked. That's seeing their end, as preacher talked about um, on Sunday morning, but seeing their end, that's considering it. What are what's some other things that he wants us to consider? He wants us to consider the testimony of others. Um, we all have a testimony in here. We all have stories. We all have backgrounds. Uh, one of my favorite questions, Couture likes it as well. She, she was asking some of the ladies, what's your salvation testimony? How did you get saved? Uh, why? Because, yes, the, the act of salvation is all the same. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we shall be saved. But everybody has something different, some, some kind of a different background, something that you have been brought to that point where the Holy Spirit brought you to Jesus Christ. And so it's, it's interesting to, to consider other people's testimonies. What has the Lord done in other people's lives? But there are three things that I want to talk about tonight that I want you to listen, pay attention to. And I, I promise if you buckle your seatbelts and hang on tight, we will go through these. And I won't try to go too fast, okay? Uh, but the first thing I want us to consider is considering the works of God. Take your Bibles, Job chapter 37. Job chapter 37. We're going to consider some things here tonight. The first thing we want to consider is the works of God. Job chapter 37 and verse number 14. The Bible says this in Job 37, 14. It says, Hearken unto this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. This is his friend Elihu. And he says, Job, I want you to consider the wondrous works of God. Now, we, God wants us to consider His mighty works. It says in Ecclesiastes the same thing. Consider the work of God. We, when we think about the goodness, the works of God in our life, that is some amazing things to consider. But here's what happens. God does something great for us. God does a miracle in our lives. And then, okay, all right, thanks. All right, let's keep going with our life. And we forget about those things that God has done for us. We drive down the street going 70, 80 miles an hour down Old Nine here when you're not supposed to. But you drive down the street and all these beautiful creation, all these things around us that we don't even think about. We just drive. I'm watching my, my fuel tank, all right? I'm making sure that, I, that it stays on the E for excellent, okay? So I'm just I'm watching my fuel tank and I'm missing so many things that are flying by me. And God wants us to stop, to get a hold of, to think dearly, to ponder the works of God. Let's talk about some of those works tonight. Um, uh, you know, it, it, talking about the works of God, the Bible, uh, the Bible says in 1 Samuel twelve twenty four, it says, Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things He has done for you. He has done for you. That when we talk about the works of God, 
Have we stopped to think about all that God has done for us? I don't know about you, but I've been in several church meetings. I've been in several prayer meetings and Thanksgiving times. They'll, they'll have special Thanksgiving services. And what it is, is a man will stand up and he says, God is so good to me. And you're like, oh, that's great. I could stand here for hours and tell you about how good God is to me. Okay. Man, I'm just so blessed by the Lord. All right. What are you blessed about? What is good? What are you thankful for? Well, I'll tell you, but son, we just don't have enough time. And what do we do when we talk the good game? We say, oh, God is good. But how has God been good to you? Have you stopped to think, God, thank you that I got to breathe today. Thank you, God, that I got to, to have salvation. I know I have a home secured in heaven. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for looking past my many, fault, my many failures, my many faults, and still coming to die for me. Thank you, God, even though I mess up a million times, you still give me mercy every morning. Thank you, God, for the beautiful family that you've given me. Thank you, Lord, for the finances. Thank you, Lord, for the house. Thank you for the cars. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. God, thank you for the strength that you gave me to face that, tr that trouble that I had a while back. Thank you, Lord, for the, 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 the wisdom to help me with this financial difficulty that we had. But do we just let it pass by and we never give it a second thought? We, we pray and we're like, Lord, I need you there. I need you real quick. And then God comes and he answers our prayer. Okay, thanks, bye. And you never come back to thank him. Man, we're, we're just like those ten lepers. You know, they, all of them, you know, I'm sure they say, hey, all right, thanks, Jesus, as they're running to be healed. But only one came back and really made a big deal about the works of God in his life. Think about that. What are the works that God has done for our life? Um, again, be as specific as possible. Um, when me and Miss Katora, my wife, okay, all right, let me clarify that. That's Katora there. When we first started dating, man, I was young, okay? My compliments were, you're so pretty, okay? Man, you're so nice looking. And, okay, it's pretty shallow. But you know what happened? I had to learn to grow past that. I had to say, you know what, honey? Thank you for taking the time to make a meal today. I know you had four kids that you had to throw off the back porch just to give you a little bit of peace and quiet. But thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for taking the time for me. Thank you for taking care of my needs. And what happened? You, there's a general, hey, you're so pretty today, baby. That's great. What's pretty about me? Uh, everything. All right. It's just, you can only go so far with that. But if I were to, if I were to stand here and I were to specifically compliment her, man, she'd listen to me all day long. But God is the same exact way. God wants to hear you specifically say, God, that trial back there, God, I didn't think I was going to make it, but you brought me through that. And Lord, I don't even know how you did it. I don't know why you did it, but Lord, thank you. And what are you doing? You're considering the works of God, the wondrous works of God. We could all sit here and think about some things about God has done in our life just today. Um, I don't know about you, but some, I don't see people walking around with oxygen tank. You're able to breathe freely, maybe congested on one nostril, but you're able to breathe for the most part freely. We're able to see, and I'm sorry what you have to look at, but we're able to see, we're able to walk. Those are things that we, we if we're not careful, we'll take them for granted. And God says, I want you to stop everything. And I want you to consider the wondrous works of God. Let's keep looking. Um, I'll cover this quickly here. But the Bible says in Psalms 834, 
It says, when I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is, what's, what's happening here? What is David saying? He says, God, I looked in the heavens. I saw the beautiful stars that you created. God, you know every one of those stars by name. God, you know, you know what it took and how hot the sun is burning at right now. Lord, you knew how far that the planets had to be apart from each other. God, you knew the exact oxygen level that we needed here in West Virginia. God, you knew all those things. Thank you. Thank you, God. You specifically complimenting or, or talking and bragging on the works of God. You're considering the heavens. Think about it on a celestial level. We're going we're to start big and we're going to work our way down here. But the Bible says there, when I consider the heavens. This is something God created like that. God is so powerful that he created the whole universe. Not a, It was a big bang, okay? I believe in the big bang. God said it, bang, it happened. That's what happened. It didn't take billions and billions of years and a little aniba, but God said it and it happened. That's what we believe. Um, You know, some people say, you're one of those crazy guys that believe that God created the world in seven days. I'm like, no, I believe he created it in six. All right. Here's the thing. God created the beautiful heavens. Why? Why did he create so many millions and billions of stars? What is that doing for us? Well, man, I can stand out here on a clear night and I could just stare at the beauty Man, Hollywood ain't ain't got nothing on the beauty that God has created around us. So again, think about the the universe. If you think about our planet, you think about the the whole scope of the universe. If we were to stretch a sheet, a white sheet from from this end of the auditorium to the other end, and I were to take my ballpoint pen and poke a hole in that sheet, that is what our, our earth represents in the comparison of the gigantic universe that we live in. That's amazing. That is the, the fingers of God creating something beautiful. And we get to consider that. We get to look and gaze at the stars and, and not horoscopes or anything like that. But we get to look at the beauty that God created. Now, let's look at some other things here. Um, so we've, we've talked about the things he's done for us on a supernatural level. The, the heaven, the celestial level. Now we're going to look at the, the ravens. The Bible says this, Consider the ravens. For they neither sow nor reap, nor neither have storehouses nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? Here's what God says. I want you to consider the, the wildlife around you. I want you to consider the ravens. Here's an amazing thing. I, I looked this up just to, uh, to make sure that I was there. But um, did you know, you know, the, the evolution is the biggest thing that's pushed right now. But did you know in a woodpecker, and I, I said a hummingbird earlier to uh, Wyatt, but a woodpecker... A woodpecker, his tongue is, is probably twice as long as his body. And what happens is when his tongue is inside of his, his mouth, it wraps around his brain and holds onto his brain. As he's banging on the wood, it doesn't kill him. Now, that, was, that would have taken a long time for evolution. That woodpecker would have died off a long time ago if every time he to find food, he died, all right? It just it wouldn't have been great for the population there. But you know what? God created that. And that's amazing. That's wonderful. You know, you, you think about the giraffe. Man, his, his neck is way up in the air. And what has he got to do? He's got to drink. And man, you would think, you know, when we, when we have to bend down, when we drop our wallet or something, it's like, oh, and then you got the head, the blood's rushing through your head. I got to sit down. I'm getting dizzy. But think about that for a giraffe. My goodness gracious, he's all the way up there and he's got to dig down to, to drink some water. 
But you know what? God knew that way ahead of time. It wasn't the giraffe wanted to get that, or the horse wanted to get some leaves up on the top tree, and so he just kept doing neck stretches. That's not how it happened. You know, God created the giraffe in such a way, if he were to bend down and drink water, his body has valves in place that collect water. They're, they're, it can collect about a quart of water, uh, sorry, not water, blood. It collects about a quart of blood, so that way when he goes down, he's, his blood pressure doesn't raise. And then as soon as he lifts his head back up, well, you would think he would get dizzy. No, he stored that blood in his neck, so as soon as he raises his head back up, he has the blood pressure that he needs to keep going on. That does not just happen. The first giraffe that tried to drink a drink of water from evolution, again, would have died. But here's the thing. God says, look, I want you to, I want you to understand that I, none of this was by mistake. Everything that I've created was for a purpose. And we can learn so much about God. We need to keep going here. Then he talks about considering the lilies. The Bible says, consider the lilies how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. You know what's amazing to, to go through? And I'm a man, okay? All right, look at me. I'm a man, all right? But it is pretty, okay? I, I can't believe I just said that word. But it is pretty to go into some of these arboretums and look at some of these, these beautiful flowers. And you know what? Man has tried to create and tried to alter things. But man, God, is, God did an amazing job by himself creating such beautiful things that we see all around us. Think about the trees provide us the oxygen that we need. We provide them the carbon dioxide that they need. How does that happen in a world that just, boop, and it happened? No, God specifically created things. And this is what I'm trying to get, up, get, up, get to you, is that we need to consider the works of God. How many days go by that we don't stop and thank God for what we have around us? It's amazing. The works of God. Uh, the works of God. Then we can consider the ant. The Bible says, go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Um, you know, just on a microscopic level. You know, it's amazing just to see God. this whole little community that happens in the bug life. I know the mosquitoes, you know, like... Lord, I, I know there was a reason for it. I don't understand it completely, but uh, could have gotten rid of the mosquitoes a long time ago. Um, but, but it's amazing that this all happens on its own because God created it that way. It's amazing. We'll, we'll keep going on. But the goodness of God. When's the last time we walked in nature and just thought about God's goodness? When's the last time we drove down the street and said, Wow, Lord, you did a pretty good job in this. Lord, this is beautiful. Uh, it, just this last uh, Monday, we were driving around through, uh, through Maryland. And, uh, man, it was just, it's just beautiful. You drive past the Potomac River, and it's just amazing. This is, this is beautiful. God could have just made a blank slate, uh, all gray, and we walked around with nothing but gray. But, no, God said, you know what? Hey, I'm going to make you a beautiful mountain over here. Hey, you know what? I'm going to create some of this stuff over here, that, you know, the, the, the Grand Canyon. I'm going to create some of these amazing features. And that's what God did for us. Consider the works of God. And we need to get going. That was, that was a long time on that. I'm sorry about that. Number two. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. I'll read this one because it's in Haggai. Um, Haggai, and I don't, uh, many of you don't have that already uh, marked in your Bible. Uh, but Haggai 1.5, it says this, Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, God is speaking here. He's talking to a backslidden, rebellious children of Israel. And he says this, Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Then he says it again, if they didn't catch it the first time, he says it again in verse number 7, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. First, we want to consider the works of God. Second thing we want to consider is our ways. What about our ways? Um, do we consider God? Do we think about our ways? We talk about our destiny. 
Uh, many of you here, I'm, I'm sure you know for sure you're going to heaven when you die, which is, which is wonderful. But do we think about that? Do we think about heaven? Uh, preachers doing studies here in Sunday school and different Sunday school classes, just thinking about heaven. That's an amazing thing to just consider, that God has created a place for us uh, one day. Um, consider where you're going. Think about your ways. Consider your ways. Uh, you can't go through life just bouncing off one thing, bouncing off another. We have to consider what are we doing in our day-to-day life. Where am I headed in my life? What is my direction? Um, again, these children of Israel were very backslidden. They were not following God's will for their life. And God says, hey, I want you to think about your ways. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about your ways. Um, again, think about your daily actions. What am I doing on a daily basis that's hindering my growth for the Lord? And what am I doing that is growing me in the Lord? We have to think about that. If we wake up and we don't, we don't have a plan for the day, well, i got to be at work at 9 o'clock and I'll get off at 5 o'clock and then i I got to watch that football game and i got to make sure that I, um, that I, I go home to, to plant my posies or whatever i got to do. And we've we got a plan. We plan out our physical life. But do we plan out our spiritual life? Do we say, God, what do you want to teach me today? Lord, I know I don't know the Bible like I should. But God, what do you want me to learn today? I want to take this time and learn from you. So again, consider your actions. Consider your direct influence. Again, talking about your ways. We are not islands. We are not islands. Uh, many of you have neighbors. And uh, we've, we're in a very tight community. And uh, I think from our back porch, we can see like, what, 17 houses. And, uh, but that's just from the back porch where we can see. So we're a very, very tight community. And I feel every time I go outside, I just feel like somebody's out in the blinds <laughs> looking out at me. I just feel that way. Maybe it's not true. I don't know. Um, we're probably being spied on by the Chinese anyway. But, uh, but I can just feel that people are, are looking in our neighborhood. I feel that people are watching. But, but people are watching you. When you go into the store, when you get cut off in traffic, uh, when, you, when you're living your daily life, you, you have a direct influence in the lives of other people. Do people know that you're a Christian? Do the coworkers that you spend 40 hours a week with, do they know that you love God, that you serve God, that you go to church? You're here on a Wednesday night. That's a very small minority of Christians that go to a Wednesday night service. Do, do, you, and do your, your coworkers know that you're a Christian? Do we consider our direct influence, the way we influence others? Are we intentional with that? Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 10.24, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We are to take the, the, uh, our love for other people. The church is an amazing community where we can provoke or encourage one another to love and to good works. It's amazing what we can do when we consider our ways. So number one, consider the work of God. Consider your ways, number two. And number three, and we'll be finished here, um, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And just a Bible study. Um, and uh, I'm glad that I'm preaching on a Wednesday night. Just kind of get me... Get me into the swing of things and uh, get used to preaching to you guys. You guys listen to me, and uh, that'll be. I'm, I'm I'm excited. Thank you for for this opportunity. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter three, verse number one. Let's look at this. The Bible says this. If you're there, would you say Amen? Amen. amen. I want us to look at this. A powerful verse here. Hebrews three one. The Bible says this. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. Christ Jesus. Here's the last thing that we're going to talk about tonight. But um, we're going to be talking about considering Jesus Christ. 
considering Jesus Christ. I'm going to make a profound statement, all right? This is not a profound, but a profound statement, all right? I would get your pen out and write this out. This is going to be big, all right? I've always been told if you're going to make a profound statement, you better tell people so they don't miss it, okay? Um, But here's a profound statement. Are you ready for this? This is it. A Christian should follow Christ, all right? I know, I know, hold your applause. Let's, let's, let's dive into that, okay? But a Christian should follow Christ. A Christian, a follower of Christ, should know who Jesus is. This is, this is not a profound statement. This should be basic elementary knowledge here. We should know Jesus Christ. But how many people here, if I were to hand you a Bible and say, hey, can you find me a verse that talks about Jesus Christ? Would we be able to do it? Would we be able to do it? Do we know, have we ever considered and just thought about Jesus Christ, the author, the finisher of our faith? Have we thought about Jesus Christ? Um, I would be, I'm an LSU fan. Uh, I should have told you that at the beginning so you kind of get all that out of there. But I would be a pretty sorry LSU fan if I didn't even know where LSU was at. Okay, if I'm like, well, they got pretty colors. I don't know where they're at, but... No, I would be a pretty sorry fan if I didn't know that they were in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I would be a pretty sorry fan. But how come we as Christians, we don't know where Jesus Christ is found? How can we not know from the Bible, taking just a simple Bible, just find me anywhere where it talks about Jesus Christ? That's the problem with Christianity today. America used to be, even in political discourse, they would use the Bible as a, as a common, it was common knowledge. People knew the Bible. So yes, I'm going to use the Bible. When I'm talking about, when we're talking about policy, it, it just in day-to-day life, when you're talking about those that are in the barber shop or whatever, they would be talking about spiritual things. The Bible talks about being seized, let your speech be seasoned with salt. That's that, you know, that's just using God's word in your day-to-day life. But um, but America was great when the average American knew about Jesus Christ. And now we've gotten to a point where we don't even know what Jesus was. And people trying to think that Jesus was some queer um, that, that, that you know, had some inter- inter- relationships with the other disciples. And that's why he didn't... All this junk that's going around. Why? Because we, as Christians, drop the ball. We don't know Jesus ourselves. So, yes, the world's going to always say those things. But... Well, do I know that he's not? Oh, well, yeah, because my preacher said. Well, where is that in the Bible? So let me do, just, I'm going to take a couple minutes here, and I'm going to tell you about Jesus Christ. Uh, like I said earlier today, um, when I first got married to Miss Katora, um, I had to learn a lot, okay? I was, uh, I was, only had brothers. Um, I didn't have any sisters. The whole female thing was all new to me, all right? But I know that I wanted one, okay? So I, um, I knew that enough, all right? <laughs> So, but you know what? When we got married, I made a lot of mistakes when dealing with my wife. I made a lot of mistakes. I thought she would like some things that she didn't like. I thought tried to give her gifts, and, well, I don't like caramel. Okay, well, let me write that down. And uh, I, honestly, I still have it today, but I have a list on my phone of her likes and her dislikes. Why? Because I wanted to know, and I wanted to really know who my wife was going to be. Who my wife was. I wanted to know those things. And so we're going to look at some things here about Jesus Christ that I want you to know about. You ready? We're going to give you some names of Jesus, names of the Lord. The Bible says, this is, um, this is in Genesis 22, 14, but there's some names of Jehovah, there's some names of God. Jehovah Jireh is the Lord our provider. Jehovah Rapha, this is the Lord our healer. Jehovah Nissi, this is the Lord our banner. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jehovah Ra, the Lord our shepherd. 
Psalms 23. Jehovah Titskanu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is here. Just some things about God. Do we know about these things? Um, let me, I'm going to read this to you here. This is not mine originally, but man, it's good stuff. Uh, let me read this to you. Ready? The Bible says that my king is the king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven and he's a king of glory. He's a king of kings and he's a lord of lords. That's my king. Do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He is enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful and he's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's the center savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. And he's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. And he's the one, the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. That's my king. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus Christ? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and for the tried. He sympathizes and He saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and He guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives the sinners. He discharges the debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. And He serves the unfortunate. That's my King. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. And He's the highway of holiness. That's my King. Do we know Jesus Christ tonight? Do we know Him? His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And His yoke is easy. His burden is light. I wish I could describe Jesus to you tonight, but He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get Him out of your mind and you can't get Him out of your heart. You can't outlive Him and you can't live without Him. The Pharisees, they couldn't stand Him, but they found out that they couldn't stop Him. Uh, Pilate couldn't find any fault in Him, but Herod couldn't kill Him. Death couldn't handle Him and the grave could not hold Him. That is my King. That is my King. Do we know Jesus Christ tonight? Do we know Him? Is He just a, a person that we read about in history, in our life? Is He somebody that, yes, I, I love you, Jesus. Jesus loves me. But what do you know about Jesus Christ? Man, this is, this is I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. Man, I need to turn around and preach to myself. Why? Because I, we could all learn some more about Jesus Christ. This is who, Without Jesus, what would the world be like? Without Jesus, picture the world without a Jesus Christ. I can't. I can't. But there's going to be a world one day that's going to pull him out of everything. We're seeing that. We've been seeing that for the last 50, 60, 70, actually over that, uh, many years. That the, the world is slowly trying to pull Jesus Christ out of everything. And you know what? We don't know him. We don't know about the attributes of Jesus Christ. We don't know where the Bible says that He's the door. He's the great shepherd. He's the bread of life. He's the truth. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the prince of peace. We don't know those things. But if I were to say, hey, how many songs has George Strait ever wrote? Woo, all right, well let me tell you there, preacher. How many, how many celebrities do you know? 
How many people do, how many football players do we know? And we know their stats and we know, we know the baseball players. We know how many, what their RBI is. We know everything about these other people that don't matter in eternity. But Jesus Christ, the more we learn about Him here, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, God, this is, this is amazing. I know about you, Jesus. I wish I knew more, but wow, this is fantastic. Know about Jesus Christ today. You can learn about Him. He's right here. The Bible says that He's the Word. He's the Word that has made flesh and dwelt among us. That's, that's God right here. This is Jesus Christ. And we can learn about Him. Do you know Jesus tonight? Do you know Him? I, would, I wonder if we would get alone this week and we would just say, God, You're so good to me. Just brag on God's goodness. Brag on the works, the individual works that God has done for you. Would we brag on, uh, would we brag on, on the things that God has done, the things that He's created? Will we take some time this week and say, God, you know what? I'm, I'm heading the wrong direction. I know where I should be. You know, if you were to take a compass, a compass and your compass was off just by a few degrees and you're following north, well, guess what? Eventually, you're not going to be following where you need to go. And it may start off incrementally, but it'll get worse as, as time goes. And we need to say, God, am I heading the right direction? Am I doing what you want me to do? That's, a, that's, the, that's the important part of considering your ways. Considering the works of God and then considering Jesus Christ. He's there. He wants you to know about Him. Um, my wife, again, I'm just kind of using this as an illustration, but my wife would sometimes play hard to get, okay? And uh, she would make me try to figure things out and try to, try to see what she wanted. And uh, it was a game to her, all right? And uh, I've, I've, I'm still trying to figure things out. All right. But Jesus, Jesus says, I'm here. If you want to know about me, I'm all right here. I've written it all out for you. I want you to know me. I want to know you. And Jesus does. The Bible talks about uh, pour out your heart before him. God wants to know you. Do we want to know God? Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Consider the works of God. Consider your ways. And consider Jesus Christ. Psalms 50, verse number 22. Now consider this. Let's stand, if you will. I wonder tonight if you'd make a decision at the altar saying, God, I want to get to know you better. Nobody in here, nobody knows Jesus Christ like we ought to know him. And I'm, I'd be the first one to tell you that. I wish I did know. I've been to Bible college. Well, I don't know him like I should. And we can all take a lesson tonight and just decide, if you will, God, I want to make this decision. I want to know you better. God, I want, to, I want you to guide my life. I want you to be the guide of my life. And God, I just want to think about you and all the many things that you've done for me. But we consider those things tonight as the pianists play. If you'd like to come down, the altar's open.